is up. This is Edgar otra vez. And we have another brand new episode of the Flow Road Podcast. Today on the show, we have Martin, and we go through some of the things that are happening currently in the boxing world, like uh, the zone really popping right now with all the boxing fights, that Gervonta uh, Davis uppercut, and uh, Canelo's lawsuit uh, against uh, the Golden Boy. So uh, stay tuned. Hope you like the episode. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. That is shop.theflowrollpodcast.com. Now on with the show. So welcome to another episode of the Floral Podcast. This is Edgar Traves with Martin, the Lion Boxing Expert. <laughs> um, so this week we're going to just kind of catch up and and uh, go over some of the the latest in the boxing world. So uh, where did you want to start, there, Martin? How you doing, Edgar? First of all, how you doing? Good oh, to see thank you. Again. How are you doing, Martin? Sorry, didn't mean to be. No worries. So hey, impolite, this Edgar Alvarez. Not at all. Not at all. We, we're doing lots of prep, so that's why we were so casual. But certainly, yeah. wishing everybody a nice, happy, uh, and safe Thanksgiving coming up. Oh yes, uh, everybody. Yes. Everybody, be be good and warm and be good. Uh, but yeah, I think the the big bomb that dropped. Um, in boxing, or one of the big bombs that dropped in boxing since we last spoke, was the uh, Canelo Alvarez news. Yes, he um, he had been having some issues with Golden Boy Promotions, uh, owned and run by Oscar De La Hoya, who has a few other fighters under his uh, under his tutelage, I guess to say. And Canelo has finally broken off from Golden Boy and and DAZN uh, because they had a contract with DAZN. Um, so that was kind of the earth-shattering news. I believe it was the last week that came, kind of a surprise. And 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 people are wondering, well, what does that mean? And I know you you were looking at some stuff as well. Yeah. So I'm. So I have a couple of questions. But uh, mm -hmm. one of the, but one of the first things I guess that was made clear to me, and and as I researched this subject, um, I found this guy. His name. He's um, he's a promoter and a lawyer. He runs his own little thing going, and it's called the. Fry, fighters rep promotions he's i found this guy on youtube and he explained it he broke it down he's a mm. and so uh, one of the things he said is is that it's it's two contracts in play it's the broadcasting contract with golden boy and then mm. the golden boy contract with canelo so the deal was um golden boy gets 40 million mm -hmm. per fight of Canelo's and then Canelo gets 35 million per fight out of the deal, but he gets it from golden boy. So golden boy takes his five mil does whatever they're going to do with it. Gives the other 35 to Canelo. And on the face of it, you think, Oh, that seems pretty fair. Right. I mean, the guy's doing all the work, right. He's getting, he's getting his brains punched out. Right. But I guess the problem is, is, uh, First of all, Canelo wasn't at the table when this contract was uh, drafted up with with Golden mm. Boy between the Zone and Golden Boy, and the and so he wanted to have a voice, I guess, in the in the contract. But the the real problem is is that they couldn't uh, 
Golden Boy was telling one person one thing and the other person the other thing. And the thing they were talking about was who gets the last say and who get who Canelo gets to fight. And according to Canelo and his contract with Golden Boy, Canelo was supposed to get that last say. He picks the fights. But the zone says they have last say. Yeah. And so then that makes things really difficult. There was a, one other thing, but that was the big one. That, that, was, that was a thing that really kind of, like, I can understand. Because if you want to kind of be ready for certain fights and be ready for certain fighters, you, you can't just pick whoever out of the box, right? Like, what if this crazy, hungry young person comes up? Right. Got, right. He's, got, he's got nothing on his, on his record. He's got no belt. There's, you know, it's a big risk for Canelo with, mm-hmm. with li- very little kind of gain. But in terms of um, all this, so I, I guess what happened with the loss, uh, they're, they're broken up completely now, right? Nobody knows anything to anybody. Right. My understanding is yeah, that they, they've severed a relationship. Now, I, my understanding is also that Canelo can still make a deal with zone on his own. Nice. Or with anybody. Mm-hmm. It's just now that Golden Boy will no longer be that middleman and taking for one thing, a chunk of the money, and then also being involved in the decision making. See, I didn't, I didn't have that 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 depth of of knowledge on on mm-hmm. what the intricacies were going on um, between them. But yeah, I, I I was hearing people talk about this and wondering what this means for boxing in general. Is this good for Canelo? And what I was hearing is that nobody really knew. Nobody really knows for sure if it's good or not. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw anything. I didn't see anything, but I was wondering, like, and, and the question was, is like, what does Canelo do now? Does he go? Because I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize a fighter for going out on his own, but he still needs management, right? Whether he manages mm-hmm. himself or he has somebody else represent him, he still needs, he still needs lawyers, he still needs people to look at stuff. He, even if he wants to be the person that says yes, no, whatever, he still needs someone to do all that legwork because he can't do that and fight. Right. I mean, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, of course. You need, you need an expert to handle those things so that he could be the expert in the ring. So I guess what I'm saying is, it's like, what does he do or what do you think he'll do? Because he he, he has to go. He probably needs he's probably going to go to a new promoter or a new management of some sort. Right. Or if he'll start his own kind of management team with with people he already knows. I, I know I just heard that he's scheduled to fight in December oh, next wow. month. Um uh, a British guy, Smith. Oh, really? At, uh, at super middleweight. Because um, right now, Canelo's hanging out at middleweight. And sometimes he'll go up five pounds to super middle. Or mm-hmm. sometimes he'll go down five pounds to uh, to junior middle. Or what sometimes is called um, super welterweight. Um, so he's, he's fighting this cat, this English cat, Smith, in December. Who's supposed to be a pretty good fighter. But the consensus is that Canelo should win this fight. So then, um, and so how is he doing that one? He's he who's he fighting under? Who's the promotion? Who's I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if this is gonna be under top rank. Um for people who, who don't know in, in North America, there's I guess you could say there's three big boxing organizations that, that you would have to work with if you were a fighter. Um it's 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 gonna either be Golden Boy or DAZN, that kind of conglomeration that's one big pillar. Uh then there's top rank which has been around forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's run by Bob Arum, legendary promoter. Yes. He's been around since, you know, top rank promoted Ali Frazier, I believe, uh, or the, the company that it became top rank or something like that. But they've been behind some of the biggest fights 
uh, of all time. You know, Chavez De La Hoya, Hagler, Hearns. It's a legendary name, and they have a bunch of fighters. So I don't know if it's with them, but Top Rank is primarily tied to ESPN mm. uh, for broadcast rights, and then they'll do uh, Top Rank pay-per-views when they have their big fights. And then, the, then there's PBC, which is uh, this group that televises boxing matches that are connected to Al, ha- Al Heyman. Mm. who is a long-time promoter who is, has extensive ties to to Mayweather fights, to okay. Mayweather management. And right now, PBC is the one that, that, that you see a lot on ESPN, CBS Sports, FS1. Uh, they have a deal with NBC. And then they do their pay-per-views with Showtime and with Fox Sports Showtime. And so they got a lot of the well-known fighters today, like Spence. In the welterweight division, they have a ton of great fighters. Spence mm. and um, Porter, uh, Who's um, Bud Crawford, who's fighting this weekend, is under them. Um, so those are the three big ones, top rank PBC and Golden Boy. So that's – I think this is a top rank fight, but, I mean, th- this also goes to kind of the, the – pro- Canelo's in a little bit of a problem, I think, because he's one of the t- top pound-for-pound pound fighters in the world, definitely the face, the face of boxing right now. He is the biggest fighter in the world. It's not even close. But he doesn't have an opponent that can bring out because that's the other thing. One of the other things I wanted to mention is, is the pay-per-view model. That's where you make the money. And the, it, it, it just hasn't been there lately. The, the, this fight a couple of weeks ago between Gervonta Davis and Jose Santa Cruz. Yes. Beautiful they were fight. Great. Yeah. It was a great fight. I yeah. really enjoyed it a lot as well. Um, and they were hoping that they would get 2 million pay-per-views, which is, usually a pretty good pay-per-view if you get 2 million they got less than 200 they got about 200,000 mm. so disappointing in the pay-per-view and especially considering that we're living during the time of covid they thought that maybe they that people would be more willing to shell it out for a pay-per-view nowadays uh than they might prior uh, but this is the problem i think canelo's in and he doesn't have a big name fighter mm. I mean, it's fighters that maybe I and you would love to see him fight, right? Because the because uh, we're enthusiasts of the sport. Yeah. But it doesn't do what Mayweather Pacquiao does. Yeah. It doesn't no, do what doesn't. what Canelo Golovkin does. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do that. You know, it doesn't do uh, what are some of the other big ones that we've had. Um, Tyson Holyfield was a <laughs> two million two million pay per view fight. I mean, yeah. those are the fights that people are willing to shell out the money for. Yeah. Is there anybody out there? that Canelo can fight that'll raise that level of interest where you get a million, two million. Uh, because now people are beginning to think that with the, with the way the economy is, maybe people are just hanging on to their money. And I think, it's going to be a lot tougher for them to let it loose. I, I think you're right. I think that's the issue. I mean, yes, the issue is who does Canelo fight, but I think the bigger issue is exactly that, that we're in quarantine there uh, or semi-quarantine uh, and depending on what city you're in right now, the quarantine is getting a little tighter. But sure, people are not working. And to put these to ask people to kind of give up some of that money to, to watch a fight that might be just OK or really one sided kind of isn't in, you know, in most people's interest. I mean, people are not going to want to watch that. They're not going to s- separate themselves and, right. and their money for like 60, you know, 65, 75, hundred bucks, whatever it is, you know, they're not, I, I agree with you 100%. It's the economy is not there for, for, for something like this. The name, the names have to be really, really big. Right. Uh, and, and to be honest, 
I'm really gonna like I'm more excited about the two old guys fighting, you know, uh, <laughs> in a you know, few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I'm curious to see how they're going to do. I wonder what kind of numbers are going to Yeah. Do. Yeah. I, I'm curious too. I'm more interested about watching the old guys fight and the, and the crazy other under guys on the undercard Tyson and, and, uh, and Jones, Jones yeah. or Jones Jr. I'm more, I'm more excited about that fight than I am about, you know, <laughs> about, you know, a possible, you know, no name with Canelo. You know, right? Yeah, it's it's and a tough spot, and I think that's one of the challenges that boxing has in general. Yes. Is if if they're living with this pay per view model where the big bucks are going to be there on those pay per view sales, they got to develop these stars. They got to mm. do a better job of of getting them out there, getting them known. Because who are the biggest names in boxing that can really drive a fight right now? It was it was Lomachenko. Maybe that's kind of gone away now. Yeah. Uh, definitely Canelo. But Terrence Crawford might be the best fighter in the world. I don't know if he can drive pay-per-view by himself. Yeah. I think he needs somebody else there. Um, maybe if it's a good matchup, maybe he can. But he, he isn't that guy. Um, we just don't have those guys or too many of those guys right now. I, you know, uh, one, one thing I noticed in, in some, of the, some of the things that you sent me and, and, the, and the research I was doing, like I went and looked at, and I thought this was really interesting. And kind of to go along with what you're saying, the, the the zone, I think the model would be to go in the way of the zone because mm -hmm. uh, you, you pay monthly, what is it, like five bucks? It's like super cheap, right? Yeah. And um, and and they're doing a great job kind of, you know, with with uh, with social media and just kind of sharing their 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 product. Cause I went to YouTube, I was able to find some of these fights really easily. I I watched a bunch of highlights and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they packed it all. They packed the whole night of, of a card together and just gave you the highlights of all the fights together. And if you wanted to, you could also go just watch the highlights uh, separately. Right. But you, you went to the zone. You weren't going to some Joe Schmo who like ripped off the movie or the video. They <laughs> and threw it up. Yeah, yeah. It, it was the zone and you got to see a taste of what the zone's got to offer. And I think the zone, they're really kind of approaching it a little different. Yes. And and they're highlighting their fighters. I saw some nice, really nice highlights while I was going while I was going through this. And I'm now I'm I'm thinking like just for myself, I'm thinking, I think I'm gonna subscribe to the zone. Cause I had mm -hmm. it before, but then I was like, ah, you know, I don't know if I really wanna, you know, shell out how much how much of the how many of these fights I'm gonna yeah. watch, et cetera. After after you know watching some of the highlights and all that all the, all the video that I watched today on on the zone, I was just like, damn man, there's some mm -hmm. good stuff going on on the zone, and uh, and and that model might be the better way, especially for yeah, yeah. the time right now that we're in the pandemic, because yes. you're you're giving more value, and you you got them hooked, and they're giving you your five bucks or whatever it is a month, and, and instead of trying to get the one big banger for a hundred bucks. You, you, you get them on the Netflix mm -hmm. kind of style, kind of, you know, boob. And, yeah, and you, seven bucks a month, 12 bucks a month, whatever. Yeah. Next thing you know, you're paying 20 bucks, but you don't care. <laughs> right. You know? Right. You know, because the, the value is there, you know, I think that's the way to do it in, in this kind of, you know, my, my professional opinion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it certainly seems that, that, that the pay-per-view model needs to be rethought. Certainly for, for North America at the very least, because I think that its day may, may be passing. 
that idea that you you build up these fighters on on cable TV and and, and you know ESPN or whatever like that, and then you get them to fight a, a big pay per view, and that's when you can really nail the public for the fifty or seventy five dollar fight. I, I, I think I think you're right. I think the zone is is doing a, a great thing. They might be the way of the future where you just have basically a, a fighting platform where you have your your stable of fighters. That's the other thing. Now, what if you have competing platforms and how do you get people to fight across, you know, a fighter from over here to yeah. fight somebody over here? But that's, that's a, I guess, another story. But I, I really do like the idea where you could have like its own kind of self-contained universe of, you know, of fighters and you can see highlights, you can get ready for upcoming fights, you can maybe see the training. Um, oh, I would, yeah, I agree. I would love to watch some of that, like training videos, behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. mean, the funny thing is, is too, is, is like me as the dummy that I am fall for all of it, bro. Cause like, I'm like, Oh, I want to watch the guy hit the pants. I think I can learn something from when, from when the guy hits the pants. I ain't ever going to do any of the stuff this guy's doing on the pads, right. but I still want to see it. You know, I love to watch that stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you do too on YouTube. There's so many channels that you can see the, all these boxing coaches and some of them are actually really good. Yeah. Uh, they really give you good stuff. Like, wow. I, there's some channels where I always learn something new. Like, oh, wow, I never knew that. That's that's really cool. Oh, dude, if you just let me sit on YouTube, I will sit there and watch people train and teach me stuff all day long. I I, I can spend very easily just watching boxing and jujitsu and kickboxing. I can very easily sit there and watch all the guys. Speaking of which, Teddy Atlas, I think I told you, Teddy Atlas has a training video out. Yes, you you did mention that. Yeah. He, he has a training video out that you can go buy. It's like a hundred bucks or whatever, you know, uh -huh. but it's like, I I'm thinking like, shit. Yeah. I'll pay for that because he break, he, he teaches, you know, some basic boxing. There's one where he teaches some basic boxing and he breaks down some kind of ideas and stuff, you know, pivoting, et cetera. But then he, he, he breaks down the peekaboo style. Yes. You did mention that. Yes. And I was like, fuck, I want to learn that. Like, you know, I would love to know how to do some of that peekaboo stuff, you know, yeah, I, I yeah. have the basic concept, but I don't know what I'm doing for real. You know, right. You don't know the, the intricacies of it, the little tricks and the little, the, the shit that you need to know. Yeah. 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 So, but yeah, no, yeah, there's so much great stuff out there. Oh, there is. And I think the zone is doing a great job of kind of getting themselves in that kind of same similar, like uh, social media world space, you know, so like I, I, they convinced me. I'm like ready to go buy the zone, you know. But uh, I think I'm going to do it too. I think I'm going to do it as well. Um, at least try it out for for a year. I mean, like you said, it's not that much, and yeah, um, yeah. But I, it's just, I, I guess I'm curious to see what happens moving forward. Now that the biggest name in boxing, the the heavyweight. I mean, not, I don't want to say the heavyweight because he's only he's a the, middleweight. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but I know what you mean. Yeah, but the, the big star. dog in the room, yeah. the guy that this, you know, he has all that gravitational mass. Yeah. Um, that he's he's moved out, and what 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 that will mean for the rest of the boxing universe. Um, even if it doesn't, even not, if it's not so much about what happens in the ring, but what happens in the boardroom. What's going to happen with the money? Because that's that's what it's all about. So I'm just curious what's going to happen, um, and how stuff's going to get realigned if it will. Uh, it seems to me that PBC is kind of on a run in terms of, of, of fights and fighters. And I wonder if they'll be able to keep it up and where top rank's gonna go and how it's gonna evolve. Cause it, it seems like the status quo is unsustainable, that something has to change. Oh no, I agree for, with you there. For boxing to grow. Mm -hmm. uh, I, here's, here's the question though. So if, if, you're, if you were in like um, Canelo's inner circle, 
what would you tell him to do at this point? He, he, he's, he's, he broke off from Golden Boy. Mm. He, he's got this fight lined up that, that's already happening. What does he do after this fight? What should he do, do you think? If, if we're going with the premise that he wants to cement his legacy and also make a lot of money. I guess that, I guess that's what we're saying. Or maybe I shouldn't assume that. Let's say if it's just about the money, maybe you stay at, at super middleweight. Maybe you, you fight in England a couple of times. You know, they're fight crazy in England. They mm. love their fighters in England. And they have a good crop of super middleweights that if Canelo wanted to, he could hang out in England for a year or two and just fight those guys and, and probably make a killing. Because, mm. you know, the English fans come out and they support their fighters. You know, you, I mean, we've all seen them, how they travel from England to the Vegas or to New York when one of their fighters is heading up a bill, they come out. Yeah. You know, they come out, the Irish fighters. I mean, the Irish fans are the same way. They come out. They come out. Um, so he could make a killing doing that. Um, I, I think the toughest fights, I think like the biggest fights he could make would be at middleweight against guys like the, like the Charlo brothers, Jermaine and I guess Jamal Charlo, just the, I think there's more recognizable names at middleweight, but he still, there isn't that other guy. There isn't that Hearns mm. to his Leonard. You know what I mean? There isn't that, that Duran to his Leonard. There, there isn't that other guy. That nemesis. Okay. Yeah. Like Golovkin is pretty, I, I mean, I guess you could do Golovkin again, mm-hmm. but he really has nothing to gain. I think from that, mm-hmm. you know, he wins. Oh, well he wins. He's beaten an old man. If he loses, that's a big loss. Um, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. I'd go, I, I mean, I, I, I guess I tell him to, to go down the middle and, and fight some of the bigger names, but these guys are not superstar names. Maybe he could do something to help build them up in terms of name by calling them out and building up some sort of, con- I don't know if it's a contrived rivalry or, you know, yeah. have a couple of pre-fights and just really talk it up and, and hopefully, but yeah. I don't know who's out there right now for him. Is is Canelo Um, even that kind of a guy? Like he doesn't play the heel, does he? No. And and that's the other thing. He's not really the most charismatic guy in the world either. He himself for being the biggest fighter in the world. He's kind of plain. eh, Mm. Yeah. I mean, to me, he doesn't have that sort of personality that obviously nobody had a personality like Ali, but like, like Sugar Ray Leonard, like even Roberto Duran, who was, who would take the heel role mm-hmm. gladly, you know, you <laughs> try to give him a white hat. He throw it in your face. Like, give me the fucking black hat. I'm wearing the black hat. Nice. That's, you know, that's the funnest role to play is the black hat. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. The funnest role. For sure. Like it's um, the more colorful one for sure. Oh, hell yeah. It's always funner to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Being the good guy is not, is not much fun. Being yeah. the bad guy is much funner. <laughs> uh, it is. It is. You have to admit it. At least I think. I mean, in terms of like if you're acting, like roles, or yeah. uh, even in sports, like, the heel is is a, is a good. They put seats in. You know, they put fannies in the seat. You know, for yeah. a long time, Ali was the heel. You know, for yeah. a long time, oh, he yeah. was the heel. And, and guys, and guys would tune in just so they could see him lose. They, right, they, right. they they weren't just tuning in to see him fight. They wanted to see him yeah. lose. Oh, yeah. And, and then that's true today. Like that's true of, uh, of Mayweather. Course. You know, yeah, it was Conor McGregor. I'm sure a lot of people were tuning in to see if he got his ass kicked, yep. just to shut him up and or whatever it was, whatever people thought. You know, yeah, yeah. It's always good to have half the people hate you. That's yeah. always good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't have you can't have them all like like you, right? You can't. You just can't. Yeah. 
But yeah, he just doesn't have that other spark. He just happens to be a good fighter and he's Mexican. Yeah. And he's, so the, he, you, you're going to get that Mexican following. That's kind yeah. of the built in part of it. Yeah, the, the the unique thing about him is is the way he looks, right? But that's yes, and he's also yeah, visually, yeah, he's yeah, he's a he's curiosity, in a, yeah, yeah, in a way, right? He's but, not what you would expect of the Mexican fighter. Yeah, but in terms of just like, yeah, personality, he seems pretty. I I don't want to say he doesn't seem like from the little bit I've seen like press conference of him and stuff where he's talking to people. Like first of all, I'm surprised that he doesn't speak English. Um, yes, right. Uh, which I think is kind of like a problem for, for, yes, for, for absolutely. Um, um, but the other part is, is too, is, is like, he seems pretty f- not formal, but just kind of like, you know, matter of fact, mm-hmm. you know, he says, no, oh, no, that's just business. No, this is how I did this or no, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's it. Like, you're gonna you're not gonna put some sauce on that, bro. Yeah, gonna yeah, like exactly. Yes, yes. You know, yes. it's like so dull, like you're saying. And so I didn't see anything, but now that you're kind of bringing it up, I'm I'm realizing, yeah, he never really kind of he doesn't make anybody laugh, you know, right? Get anybody angry? He just says he doesn't say anything outrageous, just just to no, say it, you know. No, no, he doesn't do any of that, and it'd be. Like it'd be nice to have a guy like that a little bit, just, right. just you know, because you got to have that guy in the group, and he's not that guy in the group, you know. Right. That's one of the things I like about Teofimo. You know, he's a great fighter, but he'll he'll drop the verbal bomb once in a while, just to shake shit up for a yeah. little bit, just to yeah. get a reaction. Like, okay, I like that. You know, yeah. Once in a while, I, I can't I can't help but be like, okay, because that kid I want to see lose, and that's why I watched that kid. That's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's brilliant. Yeah. He, he's got me and next time he fights i'm gonna watch him just so that he loses just so that they, yeah. um, you know that he loses but he's pretty young and he's pretty strong i don't know if he'll lose anytime soon but i guess we'll see but it, hey there's some great stuff at uh at lightweight coming up that we can talk once we talk about the jermaine uh the, the day of the um, santa cruz fight oh because um, they're talking about perhaps matching davis with with uh, teofimo of course right now everybody at 130 135 140 Everybody wants Lopez. Everybody wants to fight him. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, he's young. He's new, right? He's got the title. People think he can beat him, right? Everybody. Right. Thinks, yeah. So it's, yeah. especially with that unorthodox history that he has in terms of what he's learned, how he's learned it, people kind mm-hmm. of are underestimating his tutelage, right? Or his, his knowledge. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point, man. Like, first of all, that, that Santa Cruz Davis fight, um, looked like a pretty good banger man like the guys they, they they had a good trading back and forth but it was definitely davis's fight am i right yes yes and, and if you like we can we can jump to that and um yeah because i i did like the fight as well it it turned out in the end uh, as rarely as it rarely happens it kind of turned out the way i thought it would turn out mm. um which again rarely happens in boxing for me but um because santa cruz is, was coming up in weight uh, okay. this, I think this is his third or his fourth division that he'd come up with. He'd been a three-time, at least a three-time champion, maybe a four-time champion in, in different weight classes. Mm-hmm. And he he was never a big puncher. He He's a tall, well, you saw him. He's a kind of a tall, relatively tall, skinny, lanky guy who just always comes in in great shape mm-hmm. and just throws volumes of punches at you. Okay. And hopes just to overwhelm you. Maybe he'll catch you with a lucky punch, but more than anything, he'll he's probably going to beat you by a decision. Or he'll knock you out late, and he'll just tire the sh- he'll just tire the shit out of you. 
because he comes in in great shape and he's going to throw lots of punches. Nice. But he's not a heavy hitter. Yeah. And he, he never has been really, even in the lower weight classes. So I, I thought he would have trouble backing Davis off because Davis is naturally stronger at that weight, even though he's a little bit shorter in stature, mm-hmm. uh, Davis was naturally stronger and definitely the heavier puncher. So I thought that at first, which seemed to be the way it worked out that, um, Santa Cruz's, um, velocity, not velocity, his volume did bother him at first. Yes. He was connecting a little bit on Davis and, and they were going back and forth, but it seemed like right around the fourth or the fifth round, Davis kind of started taking control. It seemed like he, he had fully realized that Santa Cruz was not going to hurt him. Wow. Not with one punch. That is, that's a sense I got. And that he was, now he was more willing to come, to take a little bit more of a risk to come forward. And then he started really connecting some heavy shots. And like, I think it started like the round prior, round five, he started mm-hmm. landing that uppercut. Yes. Like a few times earlier, like, Ooh, that's scary. Ooh, that's dangerous. And then he caught him with that, per- that beautiful, I want to say he's a, he's a lefty. So I think he caught him with a left uppercut. I think he, he was got, in the Southpaw stance. I don't remember what stance he was, but you're right. It was with a left, left uppercut. He, he slipped because what happened he was like a jabber across. Yeah. He, yeah. Like uh, uh, Santa Cruz, he, he threw a bunch of right hands. Like, so like he backed him up into the corner and as he was mm-hmm. going into the corner, he was throwing punches and he threw, he threw one, right. Then he threw another, right. And then I think um, uh, Davis kind of figured out he's going to throw another, right. He made himself predictable. So then, mm-hmm. so then when Santa Cruz threw the other, right, he slipped to the left to to the left. You know, he um, Davis slipped yes. to his left. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then and then came up with the with the left uppercut, which was fucking beautiful. Yeah, it was a beautiful bunch. It was it was beautiful. He he dropped that guy, and it, I you know it was funny is when you asked me when 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 I asked you is like do you want to talk about this Davis kid is because he's all over the internet. Everybody's talking about his, this yeah. kid's fight. You know, I saw clips. I saw it on, on Twitter. I saw it on Instagram. I saw it everywhere. And then on top of that, like there was guys on YouTube breaking down how to do the Davis uppercut. <laughs> <laughs> step by step. Just step by add step. water and mix. Yeah. <laughs> like you can do it too. You know, like that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, I know you, you, we got to talk about this Davis kid. But yeah, like um, that's interesting that you say that. I didn't real, I didn't come to that realization where you said that he kind of figured out the volume punching isn't going to do anything to him that he's going to be able to like kind of walk. And that's what kind of happened. He kind of walked through this kid. Right. <laughs> it seemed like it to me. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense, man. That must be, that must be like, as a fighter, that must be like one of the most, uh, like it makes you Superman. Right. You think, wow, this guy's not going to hurt me. There's nothing. This yeah. kid, there's nothing this kid can do that can hurt me. And then at the, and the other side, this is like, Oh shit, he's figured out. I can't hurt him. Yeah, or yeah. once you realize that you can't hurt him, I just hit him with my best stuff, and he didn't move. He didn't move. I'm like, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah, that's when you start kind of coming up with alternate plans and moving and yeah, <laughs> trying to do something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah, man, that that uppercut was beautiful. Um, but yeah, like, whoo, that was man. That, Possibly I, knockout of the year, and now that sets up, that sets up Javante Davis for. I'd love to see him fight. Mm-hmm. Teofimo, I, I, I think if that were to happen, I think Teofimo might be a slight favorite, but it's it's a fight I'd want to see. That's a 
I would like to see that too, actually. I would really like to see that because, I mean, Tofimo, Tofimo's got power too, right? I mean. Yes, yes. It's, Certainly it's, more power than Santa Cruz at this uh, weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, and he's, and Teofimo's also kind of large. So he would be a similar height. So he would probably be just naturally a, a little bit taller and wider mm-hmm. than Gervonta. But I, I think it'd be a great fight. That's another interesting thing that I, I didn't think Javon, uh, Davis Santa Cruz was a pay-per-view fight. To me, that was more of an ESPN fight. Mm-hmm. And I thought the Lomachenko Lopez fight should have been, was more of a pay-per-view fight. And it was an ESPN fight. So I don't know how those two things got reversed for whatever reason, but just kind of aside, it's like, it seemed like one fight should have been pay-per-view and the other one should have been an yeah. ESPN fight. That's, that's an interesting, um, yeah, yeah, I wonder what the strategy was there. Because, I mean, there must have been some kind of strategy. It must have been like, let's get people to bite onto ESPN or something. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't get it sometimes. Well, maybe it was a venue because I think, I don't know if you, if you noticed, uh, the, the Davis-Santa Cruz fight was at the Alamo Dome. And they did have a partial crowd. Actually, I believe it was the first big fight with, a, with at least a partial crowd. I, was, I did notice that, and I meant to bring that up to you. Cause I heard cheering and I'm like, there's a lot of cheering. Yeah. Like, and I remember thinking like, how many coaches do these guys have? Right. You know, or like, cause you know, sometimes they bring their coaches, they bring, well, I mean, of course they bring the coaches, they bring the corner men, they bring the, you know, some, some extra people that they train with. They bring their, you know, some immediate family members, but you know, but there was a lot of people and I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? And I remember pausing it and seeing, you know, as David was like, you know, had his hands up and stuff, seeing there was like a, like a good sized crowd, but it wasn't all the way up into the stance. It was just like mm-hmm. the ground floor where, you know, like, like ringside. And I was like, what the heck is this? Like, so I meant to ask you what happened there. Like, what was, why was there, what, what was the strategy there? So like, how did you, how could my you get. Yeah. My understanding was they had like some sort of a partial crowd. I don't know if it's whatever the, the state law would require or the state regulations, whether it was a 20% or a 40%, but yeah, they, they had a partial crowd there that I guess supposedly they were maintaining social distancing rules. So, uh, yeah, I don't know why this was, but this seems to be the first big fight card since the pandemic that's had a, a significant audience present live. I wonder how much people paid for tickets. Yeah, no kidding. Because, I mean, I would think they would, I mean, being one of the few events you can go to, they have like the, the the venue or the people that are throwing the fight, you know, showtime, they can probably ask more at the door. Right. So. Um, and yeah. I, I wonder, cause uh, spent uh, Errol Spence and um, Danny Garcia are fighting. Um, these are two welterweights. Uh, Errol Spence is, is one of the top welterweights in the world. Uh, I, I think we're building up to a Spence, uh, Crawford fight at welterweight Crawford being the number one pound for pound fighter in the world right now, mm-hmm. Bud Crawford who's fighting this weekend, but Spence and Garcia are fighting, uh, December 5th at, at the Dallas Cowboys stadium. Mm-hmm. And then are they so going to have, have a, gonna have a part? I assume crowd? they're going to have a crowd. I would assume otherwise that's a, that's a big place to, to have a, a fight with no audience. And sorry, I have a doggy here in the background <laughs> barking it up. Yeah, he, he's got he's got shit to say too. He's just like, nah, yeah. that's not that. <laughs> that sucks. Why are you doing it there? Cowboys suck. <laughs> but I mean, that's a mega stadium. That's you can fit for a fight. They can, yeah. they can configure that to have a hundred 
and 20,000 probably max. So maybe they're trying to give people, they're trying to do it social distance, but then how do you right, get people- so then you can fit in like 60,000 in there? But then how do you get people in and out? You know, like there's no I way. Know. I mean, eventually in these stadiums, everybody has to go through a tunnel and then go out a door. Like, what do you, what do you, how do you get people in and out? Like, that just doesn't make any sense. And I would expect a big crowd because Dallas is Errol Spence's hometown. Mm. So he, his people are going to come out to go see him fight yeah. on a pay-per-view. So I'm just curious how that's, how that's going to all work out at Dallas, at the, whatever the Dallas Cowboys stadium is now called the new, the new stadium. Yeah. It's just, it's just interesting that, I mean, I'm sure these people sometimes they, they make these contracts for these venues way in advance. Right. And so like, they just, they have to use it. Right. Uh, but it's just interesting that, that they would still go through with this instead of like maybe canceling the contract or whatever. It, it's just, I'm just wondering what, what their game plan is there. And I mean, good for them. Right. I mean, they're trying to make money, especially in this, in this world where, it's very, it's kind of become very difficult to make money, you know? Yes. Everything has been tightened up. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah, it's, 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 it's all, it's all interesting what's going on. And then we got all this news about Devante Wild. I mean, Deontay Wilder with his craziness. Mm. And I don't know if you had heard kind of some of the genesis of this, where this all kind of started from. No, go ahead and uh, fill okay. me in. Okay. So after... After the second fight with Tyson Fury, which Deontay lost uh, due to a knockout, as you well uh-huh. know, immediately after he started coming up with excuses. Mm. Um, the first one was, of course, was the legendary uh, heavy costume excuse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, I, can't, I forgot what he was wearing, but I remember it was gigantic. It was some gigantic outfit. He claimed it weighed 40 pounds <laughs> and that... In the walk from his vestibule, I guess, from his dressing room to the ring, this 40-pound costume somehow drained him of enough energy to not allow him to fight uh, to victory against, <laughs> against Tyson Fury. Now, yes, most of us laughed it off and said, ah, the champ is just having a tough time swallowing this defeat. It's his yeah. first defeat. He's a knockout artist. He'll come around, right? He'll... He'll learn to know. Nah, he's doubling down. He's doubled and tripled and quadrupled down. So apparently some lackeys online, like on YouTube and stuff, started fomenting some conspiracy theory that uh, that Tyson Fury had cheated with and he had done something to his gloves. Uh, and they claimed to have photographic evidence and video evidence that something was wrong. That um, he other... And I really couldn't keep it straight because one of them was some of them were that he put what's called an egg weight in there, which is a, a little weight that you, you can put in your hands as you're kind of sparring, not sparring, as you're kind of shadow boxing or doing whatever, just to kind of help you build up those muscles that, so you become faster. Uh, but somehow he had put that in the gloves. So his gloves were loaded. Oh, and then <laughs> and they claim that they have these pictures. Right. It's all crazy shit. Um, uh-huh. And then Deontay, so Deontay jumped on this. Like, yeah, he, he tried to claim that one of the, uh, that, he, that, one, uh, that there's a photo that shows him with a welt that looks like the shape of an egg weight. But uh-huh. then obviously somebody had to explain to him that the egg weight would have to be on the outside of the fist. For that to leave that kind of mark, you probably carry <laughs> an egg weight on the inside of your fist. Yeah. So that, that really is not going to work. Yeah. But and, and aside from that, it's, it's practically impossible nowadays 
to tamper with gloves for a professional prize fight. Yeah. Um, maybe 15, 20 years ago, you could have done it. Uh, but nowadays, you know, for people who don't know, the gloves are selected well ahead of time. Um, and each fighter selects two gloves for fight night. Their, their main pair and then a backup pair. Once those gloves are selected and they're inspected by both camps, they're sealed away and they're held by the fight commission or the athletic commission. They hold on to those gloves under lock and seal. Huh. So no. nobody can get to those. That makes sense Until fight night. That makes and sense. Then, yeah, and then, of course, when at, on fight night, when you're getting wrapped, um, each, each fight camp sends a representative to the other dressing room to observe the fighter getting wrapped. Yeah. And that's their job, right? I mean, if you're saying that, 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 um, that Fury loaded his gloves, then what the fuck were you guys doing? Were you guys doing in the locker room when they were wrapping his hands? Yeah. That's the whole point of them being there to observe it. So yeah, there's an observer. And then before everything is taped up, right? Uh, a fight commissioner comes out. He, he's supposed to inspect the wrapping, make sure it's good. And then once he's taped up, they sign the wrapping on the, they, they, they do some sort of mark that would be unique that if it were unwrapped, it would be obvious that it had been, been unwrapped. Yeah. And then right before they're ready to get into the ring, literally as they're exiting the, the, the locker room, they put the gloves on under the supervision of the fight commission. So the gloves come out of hibernation, wherever they were sealed up, they are put on, they are taped up. And then once again, the, um, the, the fight commissioner, whoever signs the, uh, the taping to make sure to show that nobody undid the taping. And then, you know, we did something to the gloves and then they're off. So it's practically impossible yeah. to do yeah. that nowadays in a major fight. Yeah, in a major pay per view kind of fight like that. Yeah, usually, usually if there's something kind of, uh, first of all, I, I didn't realize they did that with the gloves. But usually, like if there's something uh, afoot, it would be with the wrapping of the hands. Because uh, what was the name of that one guy who did the cast? Who did Margarito? Margarito cast to hell forever. That guy. That son of a. He, he, man, and I think, was he the, the reason why some coaches actually go to the locker rooms now to check to make sure that the hands think, are ripped? I, I think that, that that kind of put it, really made it much more common. I know I know that when he got caught, he was caught by Shane Mosley's camp. Oh, wow. When they were getting ready to fight. And it was Shane Mosley's camp. And it was obvious that, because obviously when he fought Mosley, suddenly Margarito's punches weren't doing all the damage. And that we this is kind of going back a little ways when Margarito was knocking out guys, guys were saying like, I've never been hit like that before. Yeah. Kermit Sintron said, I felt like I was getting hit by a bag of rocks. Huh. At the time he's like, I've never felt power like that before. So everybody just assumed, Oh shit, this guy's just got crazy power. Nah, dude, <laughs> he was putting plaster in between the gauze. So when it got wet, it hardened. Yeah. And now he's hitting you with the club. That's how he did it. I, I for some reason I thought that the 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 wraps were like kind of soaked in something. But no, they they had they had like a dust, right? Like a plaster dust. Yes. So yeah, there was like a little sometimes they'll put like gauze over yeah. it, over yeah. like the, the a part of the fist. And but if they can put something in between the gauze, like right, like a little bit a little powder packet, uh -huh. um, and it can get wet. Well, then once it gets wet, it'll harden. And now you got a nice little plaster surface on your fist that can cause a lot of damage what a motherfucker yeah you know, yes he should be damned to hell he, like, he should be in jail yeah for seriously for, seriously because i mean that's yeah that's that's assault that's, that's it's assault. no longer boxing
<laughs> yeah, it, it's but like, uh, man, I remember because I remember he was gonna fight Pacquiao, and and the uh, Pacquiao's trainer Freddie Roach was like in the locker room watching those goddamn gauze go on his fist like a hawk, dude, and touching it and feeling like what the fuck's in here? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. fuck, man. That's I'm glad. I'm so glad Pacquiao just destroyed him. That was one of those greatest nights just to see that guy get his ass kicked. Yeah, he got he got fucked up. Did did he end up having one of those welts? I don't even remember. One of those giant- I, I think so. He got the shit beat out of him. It was great to see Kodo come back and beat him in the rematch because he had done that to Kodo. <laughs> oh, uh, fucking bastard. Yeah, and it was so great. And it it almost destroyed Kodo's career. Almost destroyed him. He's a but big he guy. That Margarito is a long, a lanky, tall yeah. kind of guy for yes. his weight classes that he's yes, fought. Yes, yes. Yeah, whatever happened in? Did he stop fighting? He just stopped? I, I believe so. I think he lost his license. I'm not sure what he's doing these days. I have no idea. That's so shady. Uh, That's too bad. It, it, yeah, it really is. But um, getting back to Deontay, so so then, so then he started saying that it was the gloves, right? So then there was all these conspiracy theories. And then he threw his trainer under the bus. Oh. Mark Breland, who, for those of for those of you who don't know out there, Mark Breland was a legendary fighter. He was a a welterweight champion at the pro level. He was one of the greatest amateur fighters in the history of USA amateur boxing. He was an Olympic gold medalist. He was a a New York City Golden Gloves legend. Um, other great fighters would drop out of tournaments. Could not fight Mark Breland. <laughs> he was that good. And he was always just a great guy, too. He was always, he was not, a, he was always a kind of a quiet guy. So Deontay, and then he was the trainer. Uh, he was Deontay's trainer in the second fight with Tyson Fury. And he is the one who threw in the towel at about the same time the referee was stopping the fight. So I mean, yeah. so I think they were kind of both happening. It looked like the referee was about to stop the fight and Mark Breland throws in the towel. So then Deontay throws Mark Breland under the under the bus, says that not only did he fuck up, but he did it on purpose, that he was in on it, that he is a fury guy or somehow they paid him off to do it. So then he's trying to smear uh, Mark Breland. And of course, nobody in the boxing community believes it, but Deontay's looking worse and worse as this goes on. Now he is claiming that somebody spiked his water, that he uh. was in fact drugged the night of the fight with Fury. He is pointing the finger at Mark Breland once again. He is saying that, and this is where I'm thinking there, there's, there's going to have to be some legal recourse, I would imagine, if you're Mark Breland, you're being accused of what is essentially a crime, right? Drugging somebody against their will? Yeah. I would imagine that's a crime. Um, so, yeah, so now he's saying he was drugged, that somebody slipped something in his water, he wasn't himself. And that's why he lost, and it's Mark Breland's fault. Um, so it seems like Deontay's going through some sort of mental crisis here. Uh, I'm not a health prof- a mental health professional, but he seems to be continually upping the game. And now he is saying that um, he is demanding a third fight with Tyson Fury. And my understanding is that uh, Bob Arum and Tyson Fury are saying, well, no, that, that clause in the contract has expired. And you don't get a third fight, wow! Unless we give it to you, yeah. So, I I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen because I think I believe Deontay's doing some sort of legal maneuver. I don't know if he's it's a lawsuit or he's going to force some arbitration 
where he thinks he can force Tyson Fury into a third fight. But all indications from, at least from Fury's um, camp, is that, no, you can't force it, and no, we're not going to fight you. Well, here's here's the thing. So then, okay, so let's say uh, Tyson Fury does get in get another fight with this guy. And, and what's it going to look like for, for Deontay Wilder if Fury kicks his ass, you know? Which is in all likelihood the outcome. You know, I think Deontay Wilder has been exposed, I think. Yeah. So then like, why do you, it's like the self-awareness on this cat is like not there. Like, how can you not realize that you're, 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 you're asking for an ass kicking. You're, you're going to go, you're going to, you're going to make all this mess. You're going to smear all these people. Nobody's going to want to work with you. You know, you're not going to have a coach. You're going to get yourself in this mess and, and with people who probably won't care about whether you win or lose. And then on top of that, you're going to, you're going to get your ass kicked and then you're going to look like a fool. And then what happens to your career? Like, and an interesting aside, it appears that Deontay in all this crazy mess also inadvertently made an admission to something he had long denied. Um, before Anthony Joshua fought Andy, De Andy Ruiz, uh -huh. or I'm sorry, after Joshua fought Ruiz and he lost the first time, then he won the second time. After that, Deontay was going nuts about how he wanted Joshua at any time, any price, whatever. But there had been talks in the past about Deontay fighting Joshua and the talks never materialized to anything. Mm -hmm. It didn't happen. Um, and then it wasn't, then he went on, then Joshua went on to fight, uh, to fight, uh, what's his name? Uh, Andy Ruiz. Mm -hmm. So, and so Deontay said, no, the, the money wasn't right. He, he, he wasn't willing to give me enough money and it wasn't worth my time to fight Joshua. Now, he in a in a in a text or a, a tweet or something that he sent to Fury, he says, "You should be mad enough to fight me because I agreed to take less money to fight you than Joshua offered me," mm. which completely contradicts his original excuse for not fighting Joshua. Uh, so now it looks like he didn't fight Joshua. It had nothing to do with the money. It had to do something with something else. Yeah. So, uh, maybe he didn't really think he could, and that was that had long. And to be fair, that had long been rumored that in fact Deontay Wilder didn't think he could be Joshua. That in fact he thought he would get his ass kicked. Yeah, and he just went through the verbal, you know, machinations of saying, "Yeah, yeah, I want to fight that guy. I want to fight that guy," but he really didn't want to fight him. Yeah, Joshua is a gigantic, like Superman-looking dude with actual fighting skills. Yeah, I mean, he actually he's not Deontay Wilder. Yeah. You know, Deontay Wilder really has no boxing skills. Uh, Joshua does. Joshua yeah. was an Olympian. Joshua knows how to fight. Yeah, no, he's actually a a pretty. He 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 does he doesn't move like a heavyweight. He moves like a lighter mm -hmm. weight guy. He throws a jab like a lighter weight guy. He doesn't. He's not like a lot of these heavyweights. They're kind of like boom. You know, they're just like kind of slow moving. He's a, actually a really skilled fighter for his size. Yeah, oh yeah. I think a fight between him and Fury would be great. I think anybody who thinks that Fury would give uh, Joshua the Deontay Wilder treatment is sadly mistaken. Um, Joshua is a much more complete fighter mm -hmm. than Deontay. And I really think that Joshua could beat Fury. I'm not, I'm not saying he will, but I think he could. So are you saying, are you saying Fury should fight Joshua? Oh, hell yeah. That like, is, I think I'm that's just, what everybody wants to see at heavyweight. Everybody wants to see in December, Joshua Fury. 
yeah. in the what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it'll happen this year, but yeah, yeah. it'd be great to see it. Because I think I think Fury's Fury's fighting somebody no. in December. I think, right? Is he? I, I don't I don't know if if uh, I've seen things, but I don't know if anything materialized. Yeah, I think it's some some tomato can that they put uh, on the bill. You know, just somebody to to make a few extra bucks and just to keep them in shape and keep them interested. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, I think the big fight to be made. And oh, could you imagine what that would do in England at Wembley or something? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, England would stop for a week. I would that fight. I would love to see that fight. I would love to see that fight. Oh, yeah. Even on TV, they used to say, I would love to see it live. I'd love to go to Wembley and and catch the atmosphere and catch that live. And catch some COVID while you're at it. Yeah, probably catch some COVID (laughs) in the future, maybe in six months or so. Maybe six months. Vaccine. Yeah. Gets out there. But yeah. So Deontay Wilder's lost his mind. Yeah. He did. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't want to, maybe he really doesn't want to fight anymore. And this is kind of the, his way of contriving an excuse to kind of get out of it. I don't know. Well, how old is this, is, is Wilder? How, he's what? He's a relatively young guy. I want to say mid twenties. Oh, really? Definitely under 30. Definitely under 30. It's just like, okay, so then, you know, there's a few things happening, right? Like, I think you're right. He's got, there's some mental weakness at the very least, if not, maybe maybe illness i don't think illness just mental weakness like he doesn't he hasn't come to terms with with his lacking he's immature right he's not you know not to say that 30 is mature because it's you know i'm 45 and i still don't feel mature (laughs) you know but i'm just saying like it's there's there's a growing he needs to do mentally right and and one of the things is to understand that you know you you got you you're defeated you know but it's hard right i mean you're you're a champion you know mm-hmm. you're 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 a guy who's operating at the highest level of the fight game whether you're skilled or whatever but it's it's you have to have a certain amount of of kind of ego right and mm-hmm. and some oh, kind yeah. of mental shielding if you will of of denial you got to have a little bit of denial too you got to say you got to be able to say i can beat this guy right mm-hmm. uh if if but the other part of that too is, is like you also got to understand oh I, I lost that last one and i have to own that and, mm-hmm. and i have to do things to correct that and blaming other people and and making other people the fall guy and and you know it's the water it's the gloves it's the, it, that's not how you win fights you know it's it's uh, it's you know he'll he'll have i mean he he's he sounds like a young guy like he needs yes, yes. he needs some maturing and uh I, it's going to and i really think he needs some management i just can't believe that there's not anybody around him mm. who can tell him hey bro now this isn't a good idea even if you really believe this to be the case, maybe this is something we just keep in house and, you know, we, you know, we just keep it tight sailor. Let's not put yeah. this out there. Yeah. And that's uh, just it. You're you right. Somebody to help manage that, you know, cause you can't, it's very self-destructive obviously for his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, if anything else. You're absolutely so, right. You're absolutely right. He needs, he okay. needs, it needs to be, it needs to come from like the coach like usually that kind of talk that you're talking about comes from the coach comes from like your, your custom motto, your whoever, you know, like the, the, the someone sits you down and says, look, you got to stop fucking around. You're fucking yeah. yourself. You're messing this up. You're doing this. You're doing that. Stop it. And, and that person 
is a person this guy listens to. That's the other part right. of this, right? Yeah. You're right. They're, they're probably, he probably doesn't have that person in his life. Or one of the financial backers, whoever is kind of putting some of the financial backing has got to go up to him and say, you know, part of the financial team, um, hey, bro, you can't do this. You know, we're, we've invested money in you. You're, you know, essentially not a property, but you're an mm. investment for these group of people. You can't fuck up the investment. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see what's, I don't know what's going to happen with Deontay. I don't know what's on the horizon for him to fight, who is out there for him to fight. Um, cause if he's not going to fight Fury, mm-hmm. if he's not going to fight, um, Joshua, I mean, there's some other heavyweights, some of the Russian heavyweights, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I let don't him, know. Let him fight that Ruiz kid. Let's see what happens there. Oh, uh, don't get me started with Ruiz. I'm really, I've always, I've always been pissed off at that. Kid. I <laughs> so badly. You can have two so fuckers fight each other. See who's the biggest fuck up. So ba- all he had to do was train for eight weeks for that fucking second fight. That's all he had to do. Yeah, he thought he had all it. All he had to do. He ha- he thought he had it. He thought that Ruiz kid, man, he breaks my heart, bro. But he, that's another young cat, another kid. It didn't. He had his chance. He knew there was another fight coming, but he thought he he had already won the whole thing. He he thought he had I, arrived. I don't know. I think he, I think he and his camp convinced themselves that it's all good. Even if we lose, we'll get a third fight out of this. And I think somebody should have told him, like, nah, bro, if if Joshua fight, wins, he's not going to fight you a third time. It's yeah. over. Why the fuck would he do that? Yeah. I mean, even if he wins by disqualification, if it's a fucking low blow and you lose, that's it. He's not going to give you a third fight. What the fuck for? I wouldn't. Yeah. Why would you think? And I think that's what they fell back on. Like, ah, it's all right, bro. Even if we lose, bro, we got to get a third fight. Yeah. Nah, son, you're not going to get a third fight. I think he even said that at the... At like yeah, at the end of the fight where they were at the post him. fight, exactly. Yeah. That's where I got that. Like, like, oh man, I'm not, it's all good. We'll do. We'll take care of the third fight. I'll come in and shape. Yeah. Like, no, 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 no. There is no third fight. This was your shot. That, this that, is the only shot you had. That broke my heart, dude. I, I, yes. I really, I was really, you know, as a fat guy myself, I was cheering <laughs> on the fat guy. You know? Yeah, I hear you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> that guy looks like he could be my cousin, but like, dude is like. <laughs> Dude is like, you know, he thought he had it all. He, he was buying himself expensive cars. Yes. Getting himself like gold chains and having all these things that he said that he always wanted. And I'm like, dude, what are you doing? Stop that shit. Put that shit in the bank. You don't know if that's going to be there tomorrow. Right. Right. You, know? you could be fucking selling tacos tomorrow, bro. Like what the hell? You don't know how many paydays like this you're going to get. Just because no. you get one big payday in boxing doesn't mean you're going to get three more. There's Fuck. no guarantees. Let's say let's say you fucking you 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 show up and you and you do a good job and you actually came in in shape and all that stuff and dude hits you with a good one and you 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 something goes wrong in your head and and you're sick or whatever and you end up in the hospital with some kind of hemorrhage. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, like you don't know what could happen. You don't know if you're going to be here tomorrow. This kid, this kid was like, oh, I got it. You know, like I'm, I'm famous now. No. Yeah. Yeah. Poor man. Again, poor management. I don't know. Somebody should have told them, dude, this is our shot. This is it. You win this fight. You got it. But uh, he thought he already had it. Yeah. I think he, yeah. And I think he could still be a dangerous fighter. I, I think obviously if he got in shape, if he fucking, had some footwork. If he knew how to cut off a fucking ring, he could be really dangerous. Yeah. I mean, he's got the hand speed. He's got good power. Yeah. Good combinations. 
decent size. I mean, he's not a huge heavyweight at 6'1 or 6'2, yeah. but if he just had better footwork mm. and he was, the weight would help. And if he could learn how to cut off a ring, he could really be maybe not the number one heavyweight in the world, but he could be in the mix. He could be making paydays. Yeah. Yeah. He'd be he, top 10. Isn't he supposed to fight this Areola cat? I haven't heard about what he's doing next. Uh, it's kind of hard to find anything on him. He doesn't usually come up in the stream of things that I that I look at. Yeah, uh, but the like, human punching bag, Ariola. Oh, is that, what's, that dude. Is that what's going to happen? Guy who I, thought, I thought he was going to be good just because he was big, big ugly Mexican dude. Like, oh, that guy can fight. No, not so much. <laughs> oh, that's too bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's got a lot of balls. He comes forward, but he just takes he just takes a beating. He just takes punches. He, he's a human punching bag. You can't miss that guy, it seems like. <laughs> you cannot miss that guy. He's magnetic to the punches. It really is. It's like, wow, look at this guy. He, he cannot avoid a punch for the life of him. <laughs> like, dude. Oh, that's too bad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is too bad because he's he's a charm, he's a nice enough guy, it seems like, and he, he really yeah. tries hard, and but he just doesn't, he can't do it. So what do you think happened with Ruiz? You think you think he he was just kind of like the his management was inexperienced? You think that's what happened? I, it sure seems like he, this, this is another one of those um, father son outfits. Okay, uh, where he was trained by his dad. So I don't know how professional the management team around him is. Maybe maybe they do. Maybe they don't. It it sure didn't seem that way. If you're walking in there thinking counting on a third fight, I mean, why would you think that you're gonna? Again, it makes no sense. Why would you think? That you would get a third fight. Joshua is the star here. Yeah. In in this pairing, um, most people saw that the first fight was lucky. You, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. dude, yeah, you shouldn't have counted on that third fight. You you just can't do that. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is it's like people thought the first one was lucky. You should have came in to show them that exactly. it wasn't. That it was exactly wipe the guy right off the fucking ring. Mm -hmm. Like just kick his ass right away show everybody mm -hmm. that they were wrong and you won two straight with a fucking champ and then everybody will shut up and nobody will talk about how fat you are you know mm -hmm. right now uh, alas yeah <laughs> now, now you're the guy who screwed up and they're not going to give you another one because you're dangerous you know right you're dangerous enough exactly yeah. that's it and, dangerous and, enough where they're not going to want to fight you and you're not famous enough to take the risk right you know right but so, but anyway oh, wow. yeah so you have so you you should you talk to me about some the zone fights right which i fucking enjoyed the shit out of and i was i was i actually went through some of these uh because i look at the whole card for um was it uh Munguia and johnson oh munguia yeah munguia yeah did you see what do you think of munguia oh man did you see him? yeah i did i did see it dude like First of all, it was kind of like a hard, sloppy fight for that for that poor kid, yes. right? It, it was it, it, the the guy was in his face. He was he was in and out on top of him the whole time. Oh and, yeah, and that was just the fight that that kid was fighting. Like that's that's it was it was a grinder. Like that yes. kid was just kind of like working. And Mungia, man, beautiful. Another another uppercut, right? That he just kind of he he stuck out the jab. Gave himself some distance, and then came up with that right uppercut, and cut that mm -hmm. kid's face. And I was like, "Yeah, oh. I was oh, one of the nastiest cuts I've ever seen in a boxing ring. I have never seen a cut like that. It was, it was like, 
yeah, it was, he had torn it all up. It went up to his nose, from his lip to his nose. Yes. And then it, it had kind of like taken a turn. It was all, you could see- Kind of curly his, on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could see like the kid's skull a little bit. You know, it's just like, oh. Yeah, I was watching. They were saying, it's a cut. Like, it's not a cut. His fucking lip is split open. Yeah. It's, it's split like a fucking hot dog on a, on a, on a grill. You know, it's kind of exploded. <laughs> like, oh my God. That was- but, but Mugia is one of those guys who's um, he's in the same weight class as as your tocayo Edwin Berlanga. Oh, Edgar, Edgar, and they're yeah. they're trying to match him up with Berlanga, which I think would be a bad evening for my man Mungia. I think because so. I think Berlanga's got a little bit too much for him. But I, I like Mungia. He's an exciting fighter. He's got a good punch. But man, does he take a lot of blows? Yeah, this that's what guy, it seemed like, and. He Mungia is a pressure fighter, but clearly he does he does not like being pressured. He cannot fight at all on that back foot. Yeah, and a guy against a guy like Berlanga, bro, it's going to be all back foot. Well, because that motherfucker is coming after you. Well, first of all, like Berlanga, has he ever been out of the first round? No, not yet. Right, not yet. So, so like, first of all, that guy's scary. But second, like, yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> If Munguia is going to the first round, if you take it out of the first round, maybe you can start slowing him down and take away maybe. a little bit of Edgar's confidence there. Yeah. But hopefully, hopefully, uh, who knows? I don't know, man. I mean, I'd love to see it. Like, I'll see any, any, any uh, Munguia fight because for all his shortcomings, he's exciting, he's uh-huh. fun. You know, I'll see that fight any, any, I'll see any Munguia fight and I'll see any Berlanga fight too. Man, so but getting he, them both in the ring, fuck. Dude, but if you're saying that, that uh, Munguia takes too many hits, that's gonna be another one round fight for fucking Edgar, though. Look how look how this dude landed on him, yeah. on, on on Mungia as he came forward. He was able to get in, and he at times it seemed like he was landing at will. Like Mungia was almost not moving his head. Like what the fuck are you doing, dude? Move your head. Yeah. Well, you see, that's how he caught him with the uppercut, though, because the kid Johnson was just going straight. He wasn't even looking. He was he was like I think he was switching stances or something between. In yeah, the it fight. seemed like he was. Yeah. And one of the things you do too, when you push somebody up against the ropes, you can, you can, because if you're a Southpaw or whatever, you know, like, and the other guy's a different style, like if you're a Southpaw and he's orthodox, it's kind of hard to throw certain punches, right? But if you mm-hmm. push the guy up against the, the, the ropes, you square him off. You could square off too. And you can mm-hmm. now throw the punches that you're having hard, a hard time throwing. Right. So he had him up against the ropes or he was going towards the ropes. Mungia was able to like kind of push him out and then throw that uppercut. But I guess somewhere along the fight, Mungia has figured out, oh, he's squaring up and I can throw this uppercut, mm-hmm. you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. So, so I think that's what happened. I think that's kind of what happened. Like Mungia was figuring it out that this guy's squaring up and as he's squaring up, he can throw that uppercut in between the punches. But fuck dude, that fucking uppercut. Fuck. Like it, that was like, vicious. You see in the slow mo, part of his fucking face flew out into the like. You can yeah. see it. I'm not lying. Like you look at the slow mo. There's a punch. In certain one of the one of the angles yeah. that they showed. The he punches his face, and then stuff flies off, and it looks like it was part of his lip, dude. Like it was just <laughs> like flying out into the crowd. I was like, oh, it wasn't shit. just blood. There was a little bit of flesh in there too. It kind of looked like that's what it was. It looked like the sliver that kind of fell off his face. But that was a wicked, wicked cut. Oh my god! Beautiful, beautiful punch, man. I, 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 I like to see the knockouts. I mean, everybody does, right? But I like yeah. to see like how 
how you got up to the knockout, what happened, how did this, how did he set it up? Why was he able to do this? And I, I'll sit there and kind of like replay this shit. And I sat there and replayed it and replayed it and replayed it. Cause I, I just, he hit him so hard. He hit him so hard. He, the jab he threw out initially was, it was, didn't even, wasn't even for him to do anything. It was, yeah, I don't just know give him was, a probe. Yeah. I don't know if he was measuring or if he was just trying to keep him there, whatever mm-hmm. he was doing. The fucking uppercut was was the thing. Yeah. But man, the zone, they had like some good fights, man. Like, um, cause I was I was watching um well, there was a few things. First of all, um, I guess not too long ago, there was this girl named Savannah Marshall. Cause it, on the card that I was watching, they had all kinds of girls. They had all all these yes. girls, and and some of them, wow. Right, yeah. but I, I, on a separate card, I guess recently uh, there was this girl named Savannah. Sav- no, it's not Savannah Marshall. It was uh, Senense Estrada versus Miranda Atkins. Um, this girl knocked Atkins out. Estrada knocked Atkins out in seven seconds, and oh, I think I did see that. Yeah. And, yeah, you must have because it was like a, a, a like a fucking Instagram thing. Yeah, it, YouTube it was, sensation. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, you could see it all, and you could see the whole fight. Yes, in seven I seconds. did. So, like, uh, she's a silver female lightweight. It was for the silver female lightweight uh, or light flyweight championship. And this girl, she comes out of the corner. This Atkins, I don't know what happened to her. She like, like it, it was like a Tyson affair where she kind of like was afraid to approach her. And then Estrada walked right up to her and and dropped seven of the ugliest, hardest punches I've ever seen a girl throw and knocked her right out. And I was just like, holy shit. And I was like, what, where is this from? And I, I had to look at it because I saw it on fucking, on, on, um, on fucking Instagram. Like a friend of mine sent it to me on Instagram. I was like, what, what? What promotion is this? Where can I see this? What? And it was the zone. I was just like, fuck. And then I had already kind of like been looking at a bunch of zone fights. I was just like, man, the zone is kind of like kicking ass. Like that fight was amazing. I, I mean, or not yeah, yeah. Kid, murdering, you know, but yeah, that's uh, one thing I, I was thinking of because a lot of the channels I follow, a lot of the boxing channels I follow really talk a lot about the, the women boxers. Like, man, I got to get, I gotta get more up to speed on, on these women boxers because there's some really good fighters and some really good fights to be made out there amongst the ladies. So I need to get, I need to brush up on that myself. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm always kind of um, impressed when I see, and, and I guess I shouldn't, I shouldn't even think this way, but I'm always kind of impressed when I see a woman jump into the ring and really take the craft seriously, right? Like whether mm-hmm. it's kickboxing, MMA, uh, boxing whatever it is to really come out and really throw like a real fighter it's just like okay so this is not you know you're not because there were there was a time where you're like mm-hmm. oh well, those, those are girl fights you know right because you know i don't know what i don't know what has shifted since then i don't know if it has something to do with kind of taboo or whether there was kind of like a taste for it whether or not people actually wanted mm-hmm. to see it i don't know what happened but in, in, in recent years, women fighters have co- been coming out and really throwing some impressive fights on. And that's yeah. on every, on every. I mean, there's this one girl I follow uh, in the kickboxing circuit. 
Tiffany, can't remember her name right now. I'm awful with names, by the way, in case you haven't figured that <laughs> out. But man, just some some amazing fights out there on in both genders. It's just it's it's awesome. It's it's good to see so many fights available these days. No, I completely agree that that the the level of quality amongst the women fighters is evident today. I think the the women fighters today are vastly superior to the fighters that we had, the female fighters that we had even 10, 15, 20 years ago. I mean, I remember like Christy Martin was like the first big female fighter that I ever heard of. I don't know if you remember her back in the eighties or the nineties. The names. Yeah. Go ahead. And just visually, just, I mean, or not visually, just remembering her, not having seen any video for a long time, just from my memory, she doesn't look anything like the contemporary female fighters, both in her physical, yeah, you know, physical fitness, but in technique and fight style, it just like seems like a whole universe has gone by. Even like even Leila Ali seems like it was such a long time ago that that she would not really be able to compete in 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 the that Leila Ali would not be able to compete in the in the modern in the current uh, female boxing circuit. Because I think it's come so far. They've gotten so much better. I agree. I don't know if it's uh, training techniques or whatever. But yeah, female fighters are are amazing these days. Really amazing. Yeah, they, they are. Um, but there was, um, but yeah, just watching that fight with the heavyweights. What was the name of that? There was there was a heavyweight fight that you told me to to, to look out. Oh, it was was it? Uh, it was in England. It was Usyk yeah. and Chisora. And I saw I, I saw most of that fight. I, I have to admit, I I couldn't get that into it. I know that this Usyk cat, who's one of the top ten heavyweights in the world, so he's yes. he's up there. But I don't know. If, I had my little paper here with all my fights. I did. Um, I did watch the highlights for that fight. I was I was actually more impressed with all the fights in the undercard. Not that there mm-hmm. wasn't a good fight. It was a good fight. But I was, I was like, I was just so impressed with just the fights on the card. And there's one of the reasons why I was telling you, I was just like, I think I have to get the zone now. I think I'm going to go get the, <laughs> the zone. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking me into it. And, uh, and I think I'm going to do it as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I don't know how much time we have left because I know we're, yeah. we might be running short. Um, but I, I just want, if before we go, I just want to make sure that, that, that you know and that people know if they get a chance to hear it before this weekend that, Terrence Crawford, the number one fighter in the world, pound for pound, is going to be fighting on ESPN this weekend. Nice. He is fighting against um, Calvin Brock, uh, a British fighter, former champion at welterweight. So this is actually a very good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely Terrence Crawford is the favorite in this fight. Uh, Terrence Crawford is, a, I want to say, at least a two-time champion. I believe this is his third weight class. Uh, Crawford is coming in at 36-0, 27 KOs. Uh, and if you haven't seen Crawford fight, I would strongly encourage you. He reminds me a lot of Pernell Whitaker. Oh, if you remember, mm-hmm. but much more aggressive, but he's, he's got a great defensive style and he has that, that little killer attitude that Pernell Whitaker had mm. that he, he's not just looking to come and kick your ass. He's looking to come embarrass you <laughs> in front of your family. Oh, Jesus. He's coming to take your balls away from me. He's looking, I'm saying, he's coming to embarrass you in front of your wife, your girlfriend, your family. He's making, he's coming out to make you look like shit. Oh, and he, he almost always backs it up. Jesus. 
So that's what I want to see him. He's like one of those legitimate, you know, the, the, the legitimate badass kid in the neighborhood that nobody fucked with. He nah. was that kid. Nice. So you're like, nah, I'm not fighting that guy. Nah, nah I'll, I'll make him laugh. I'll be his friend. And this is <laughs> so that's my strategy growing up a lot. You know? Yeah. Make, make the bully uh, uh, happy and make him and Yeah, make him laugh. befriend him, make him laugh, do something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> So uh, and so that's that's on the, that's on ESPN this weekend. That's on ESPN, and I think there's going to be some some decent uh, undercard fights. But I'm really looking forward to that. Certainly, strongly encourage people to to, to check that fight out, and um, and we can talk about other fights coming up later on. Because, like I said, I know we're we're kind of running long, but of mm. course, Tyson Jones coming up later on this month. Yes, on the 28th. On the 28th, and then as we get into December. Yeah. Yeah. Have have a little turkey, a leftover turkey, and and sit in front of the TV and watch Tyson and and uh, Roy Jones watch the old men go at it. Hopefully, it's a good fight and nobody gets too seriously hurt because that would be the big downer. How on old, this? How old are we talking here? Tyson's what 55, 50? Tyson's in his fifties. You guess say Jones is in his mid to late forties. Mm-hmm. So granted, they're not octogenarians, and I know that they're they're not like us mortals. They're super talented athletes. I get it. Yeah, but I I just hope nobody gets seriously hurt. Yeah, neither do I. You know, that would be the big downer. Like, you know, like really badly. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. But aside from that, it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be crazy. Two minute rounds. Like, I don't know why Jones <laughs> is doing that. Like, you're fucking crazy, Jones. You're crazy. But yeah. all right, bro. I got, I'll give you credit because two minute rounds with Mike Tyson, dude, your only chance is to get him tired. Yeah. You got to get him tired. Ooh, I don't uh, know how you're going to do that with two minutes. But they got what? Right. Eight, eight rounds? Eight rounds? Two yeah. minutes? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know but hey, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see what happens there. All right, all my respect to Jones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, anything else you want to add? No, that's it. Those are the, the kind of the big fights coming up, and then hopefully next time we talk, we can talk about these fights. Maybe stuff that we could talk about. You know, fights of the year, pound for pound for twenty twenty, and start looking forward to what's coming up in the in the new year. In the new year, yes. All right, cool, man. Well, thanks, Martin. Uh, let's thank you, uh, Edgar. Let's uh, let's call it uh, let's call it a night for now. All right, this is uh, Edgar Traves with my good friend, the Lion, the <laughs> the, the encyclopedia of the boxing, Mr. Martin. We'll catch go you with a good nickname. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we have a bell, a bell at the beginning, like a ding 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 ding. ding, ding. Ooh, that would be nice. I was a I sound was, effect, a little sound drop. Yeah, yeah, I was looking. I was looking for like Rocky esque uh, music for for each of these podcasts. Yeah. Oh, that, that'd be cool, dude. The production <laughs> value. Oh, nothing like production value. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Music, Grizzlies, by Mary Riddle, can be found over at Epidemic Sound. Man, that was a good one. I really had fun with my homie Martin. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, man, Martin knows just so much about boxing Um, it's always a pleasure to talk to that guy anyway, if you want to support the podcast head on over to shop.theflowrollpodcast that is shop.theflowrollpodcast and we'll catch you next time bye